Hola. <laughs> um, I just came from the Giants game. That was really fun. They did. It's really, it's, it's an interesting game that I find exceptional, exceptionally fascinating. But really, when you think about it, it's just people hitting leather with wood and rolling around on the ground. So it's not, it's not complicated or anything. This isn't a joke. It's just I've had a nice day out in the sun. I'll have to pick that up later. It didn't land on the chair I wanted it to be on. <laughs> I'm Irish. Um, that's, that means that I'm uh, predispositioned to be uh, killed by feelings or suppression of those. Are, uh, what's up, Hillary? I don't have anything interesting to say. What's your name? Chris, that's a shitty fucking name. Now I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. That's, a, that's actually my brother's name. What's your name? Jeff. Jeff and Chris. You two together? <laughs> Jeff, I'm really sorry. Uh, Chris, I'm really sorry. Jeff just isn't in you like that, I guess. Sorry about that. You're not. Oh. Do you do you come in a bogo? A bogo? Can I get both of you for the price of one? I I always uh I always like the boho. Buy one get one half off. The boho. Anyway, I <laughs> I like uh I like bowling. I I, I don't really like tennis. Um I I am a big fan of sex and um, film noir, um, provided that there's not too much racism hidden within the subtext of film noir. Um, <laughs> this is basically me rewriting the Constitution of the United States. Thomas Jefferson would be so pissed off if he was like, I have to give this shit for brain the freedom of speech. <laughs> like, he's not using it for anything valuable. I feel like out of all, like, a lot of sports teams have names that, that are just unnecessary and don't make sense. Like, I don't think there's ever been a single pirate within the city of Pittsburgh. Not, not once. That, that would have been a... Am I the only one, am I the only one who thinks that R&B singers in music videos um, are the only people who ever have to stand like this? I'm stuck, baby. Like, why don't you tell her instead of this room of awkwardly half-filled with furniture place that you may be moving out of, but you have no boxes, so I'm just a little confused. It seems to me that rappers in music videos don't walk like you and I do. Like, I walk like this. They walk like... With the shoulders going these degrees, and it's like... They also hold microphones much differently than comedians. They hold microphones like this. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because the chicken can go anywhere it fucking wants to. This is America. My brother actually dated a girl that, uh, <laughs> this fucking lady, she, uh, I was going to say bitch, but that was, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> she was, she was a super liberal. She was all about animal rights. She lived in New York, and, uh, she took a, a class in college about, like, Chickens and slaughterhouses and procedures and whatnot. So, she started to GoFundMe to save chickens from uh, New from California that were going to be slaughtered. And she literally 
raised enough money to charter a plane to fly all of the chickens across the United States to a chicken sanctuary. And I just always think to myself, uh, chickens aren't meant to fly, and that's why they can't fly with wings. Uh, and you probably shouldn't put them in first class as well. Because they're chickens. Need I say more? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, as we wrap up this wonderful um, bonanza of unconnected weird thoughts that I've had today, I just want to say that I really love being a comic, and I love the city, and I love Chris and Jeff, and Hillary, and Lauren, and Pam, and I just hope that everybody has a beautiful weekend with nice weather and happiness and friends. Good night, everyone. Yay, that was so sweet, wishing us a happy weekend and we're all friends. I know what your next comedian's gonna be doing all weekend. She's gonna be riding her bike up and down hills all over San Francisco and Marin Cal, the counties. Look at her ass, it looks great. Put your hands together for Hillary Lannon. According to my girlfriends, they say I have an ass of a toddler because I have no hips. So, yeah, I, I they were saying that that was a compliment, but I don't think it was. So, okay, I'm sorry. I know I walked in when Dan was, like, asking you guys if you were an item, which I don't care about that. But are you comics or are you just regular people? You're, like, real human beings. Wow. So how did you end up here? Just saw the sign and... Uh-huh, blame him, that's a good bet. So wait, how did you find out about this? Okay. Oh, cool, yeah, 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 nice. You, are you just a, like, comedy fan, or do you have aspirations to do comedy? Oh, yeah, me too. It's actually, like, sorry, this is not the set I was gonna do at all, but um, it's, do it, I just started doing stand-up at the beginning of the year, and it's really saved my life, because, no, that's, a, well, that's maybe not so dramatic, but I basically stopped drinking and stopped doing all the other things, except for weed. I mean, weed doesn't count. And occasionally mushrooms, that also doesn't count. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> this is San Francisco. But, um, but it's really great because you can go have an activity every single night and you don't have to drink at all. Like it's one of those things where you can laugh and have a great time and not drink. But as much as I like that, I really wish I was home with my vibrator. <laughs> but don't get the wrong idea, you perverts. I'm talking about my Theragun because I have, <laughs> I have been riding my bike up and down a lot of the hills in in the Bay Area, and it's very painful. And I realize that I need a boyfriend, um, or I guess I could have a girlfriend also. The only reason why I need one is because I really, it's very hard to get to your hamstrings with a Theragun. So it's like, it's just not the same. I need somebody to do it to me. But I definitely am not bringing that Theragun anywhere near this part of my body. For those of you listening, um, audio only, I'm pointing to my crotch. Uh, because it's basically, okay, and I need help on this one. When, okay, when the boxers do that thing, I know it's called speed bag, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because that's basically what a Theragun, if you tried to use it like a regular vibrator on your clit, it would literally be like a boxer. But what is the right verb for that? Like, do are you speed bagging? Like, I, <laughs> do you know? What I mean? Or you're speed bagging? That's the proper, like, like what? Like, if the boxer, 
If like the guy who trained Rocky was like, go over there and beat bag. Like, is that how the term goes? Do you? Okay, so it is speed bagging. Okay, so I'm not gonna speed bag my clit with my Theragun because, <laughs> because that is very, that sounds very painful and my crotch has already suffered enough from spending so much time on a bike seat, which I think, I've determined how the bike seat was invented. Um, it definitely was a pervy Victorian ornithologist. I'm convinced because it's basically like, you know, this, this like, guy who was really into birds was so into birds that he's like, I want to sit on their face. But of course, a bird beak, like teabagging, not speed bagging, but teabagging a bird is not really like, um, you know, most bird beaks are pretty small. And I'm pretty sure the dodo probably had already gone extinct at this <laughs> point. So he's like, I'll make my own and stick it on a post and, you know, shove it up against my crotch. And it's very uncomfortable. So. <laughs> So they basically, like, it really, the bicycle hasn't changed since it was originally invented. I mean, it started out as the, um, as the uh, penny farthing. Do you know what that is? Yes. And, th which is really, come on, that's really just a unicycle with a training wheel. I mean, and then they switched it over to the, the safety bike, which is what they call, like, the modern version of a bicycle, because people would fall off of the penny farthing a lot, and when you're up five feet, you know, that could cause some definite damage. But basically, technology really hasn't changed that much since then, the exception being that they have cut a hole in the middle of a bike seat so to alleviate the pressure on your soft tissue. But I think it sounds great in theory, but it doesn't really work. I mean, I don't even know what that hole is called. It's either like the Grendel Gap, the you know, perineum passage, maybe like the gooch gully, I don't know, the taint travas. Anyway, but it's one of those things where, in theory, it seems like it would be great, but I feel like unless you can actually stick your genitals, and I'm talking about for both guys and girls, right? Like if, I mean, for me, if I would have to take off my bike shorts and like shove each of my labia lips <laughs> in there, <laughs> like I'd have to, or it's basically like I'd be filing, <laughs> you know? so. <laughs> And then, but for guys, I mean, you know, like you'd have to stick your scrotum in there, and I just imagine it really is like teabagging. It'd be like, ah, because the hole goes like this, right? So anyway, um, yeah, and I'm definitely not going to start biking around naked in San Francisco because I reserve that for Burning Man only. So um, I'm definitely not. I think there's like those old dudes um, who walk around the Castro with their like penis and junk wrapped in a, like a little sequins cloth. But other than that, I think that nobody else should be sitting on their bike naked. So I, I don't know if that's all my time, but I could keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, the whole reason why I started biking so much is because I'm doing the AIDS life cycle, which if you're familiar with that, it's a ride from San Francisco down to LA. And it's a total fucking scam because you have to pay, you have to pay $85 just to register for this. And then you have to raise $3,000. They call it a ticket to ride, a like, cute marketing slogan to try to trick people into thinking they've accomplished something. But basically, to, for the honor of dragging your ass down the length of California and sleeping in a tent every night, and the whole reason why I really did this, I mean, yeah, curing AIDS is like a noble cause, blah, 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 whatever. But it's really because I have this ass that's, you know, I'm Asian, so my face is flat and my ass is even flatter. And so I'm biking to try to get a booty, but I don't know if it's working because basically the only way I'm getting a booty is when I put on those bike shorts. 
and it looks like I'm wearing a poise pad that I took a dump in, which is not, that's not really the booty that I was looking for, but that's what I'm getting. So anyway, okay, that's it for me. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hillary Landon and her toddler baby booty, yay! You should vest that ass like a toddler and put it with the poise pad duty booty. Because you said at the beginning that you have an ass like a toddler and toddlers still wear diapers, so you've got like a duty booty, like a baby duty booty. With the, I mean, I don't know, the poise pad and the, pu and the pooper. <laughs> I just, I'm just doing alliteration because it's fun. All right, um, the rest of our um, comics, it's so funny. I have no idea why nine comics who pre-signed aren't here yet, but we're going to let Lauren do her joke that she fucked up on. And uh, yeah, everybody, Lauren Grout, yay! Thank you, Pam. Thank you for bearing with me with this other room. Um, oh, thanks. Uh, why do we have to be afraid of God? Because God isn't God supposed to be all loving and caring? And if we respect God, certainly. Honor God, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because having fear in a relationship is just a recipe for disaster. Thou shalt have no other gods before me is fear. Oh, shit. I shouldn't be reading. Be afraid, mortal. Be very afraid. What exactly does it mean before me when it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me? What does it mean? Does it mean like earlier? Does God let, like not get up until 10 o'clock in the morning? And does there no other gods before me? You're on your own. I don't know. And is God that insecure, thinking that we won't care? Or we won't come back. God doesn't like us. I mean, I have, I'm a neurotic mess, and I have more confidence than that. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end of that one. Can I do one? Can I do a joke? Uh, can I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. Thank you. I love thinking about what God does, and I have all the, I'm going to string together all my God jokes one day and have just like an hour on God. And Oh, yeah, then, I, then I'll have a church. Yes, question? That's a good question. Why? What is devil's lettuce? <laughs> oh, shit, should I know that? Oh, oh, is it? Uh. Yeah? I never heard that. Uh uh. Lettuce. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Devil's lettuce. I'll remember that. I like that one. Um, I was going to just do a song. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The OCD song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was singing this song on my way here tonight. Perhaps you know it. I like to count things in my head because I have OCD. I like to drive myself insane and do so endlessly. You remember that Coca-Cola ad from the 70s? I like to teach the world to count and be obsessed like me, <laughs> where everything has a number to count and sometimes it won't rhyme. 
Everybody, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ladies only, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. OCD is the real thing, not Coca Cola. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. Yay, Lauren Kraut. Oh, you made it. You made it. Everybody put your hands together. She made it. Oh my gosh, your hair's all curly. It's cute. You'd like you curled it today. Look at that. Everybody put your hands together for your next comedian, Denise Lee. The haircut lady was like, oh my gosh, you can go out after this. I was like, I'm going home <laughs> after this. Um, cool. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Um, okay, cool. So uh, my parents are, so I was born in America, but my parents are immigrants. Uh, so my parents are Buddhist, Chinese immigrants, and you know, very grateful that they came to America, right? So that I could have civil rights, like freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And then I started doing stand-up comedy, and they were like, not that much freedom of speech, you know? <laughs> like reel it in a little bit. Um, okay, so that was, that was that. Uh, I, uh, have you guys seen, like, those, like, big chunky shoes people wear? Basically, like, these, basically. <laughs> like, like, like the, like, the shoes that look like, uh, like, white suburban dads from the 90s wear, right? So, recently got a pair of those, right? And I have, like, this very fashionable, fashionable friend, and she came up to me, and she was like, oh, you're trying to get shoes that look like Drake's, right? And I was like... Who's Drake? <laughs> I was like, does Drake also have plantar fasciitis? <laughs> like, that's why I got these. Maybe we have the same podiatrist or something, right? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I, I do. I do also really like the trend, the fashion trend of like baggy jeans, you know, um, because it's really comfortable. But my sister hates it. Like, I got lunch with her earlier, and she was like. Dude, like, those jeans make you look super sloppy. And I was like, we're in a waffle house. <laughs> and I was like, it is a miracle I'm wearing clothes, you know? Like, this is elite here. And she was like, no, 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 I just mean, you know, like, wearing, like, baggy jeans just makes your butt look flat. Like, you don't want your butt to look flat. It's super unflattering. And I was like but my butt is flat, you know? Like, you can't just put on a pair of pants, like, turn, like, a slice of bread into, like, a dinner roll or something, right? It's not magic. Uh, I did start seeing a personal trainer recently uh, because I wanted to just become healthier, increase my self-esteem, turn my slice of bread into a dinner roll, you know, that kind of thing. I do not think it's going to work out. Our first session, my trainer was like, okay, we're going to have you lift heavy weights, so you can look strong and intimidating so nobody fucks with you. And I was like, but I want to be fucked with. You know, I was like, that's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to look intimidating. I want to look accessible. Like, the goal is to be low-hanging fruit, you know? That is, that is what we're going for here. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm excited because I think we're past the point of the year where people are still doing New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? So a couple months ago, like, I had lunch with a friend, uh, one of those friends who wanted to eat healthy. And when I asked if she wanted to get dessert, she was like, no, like, do you know what artificial sugar does to your body? It's super unhealthy. And I was like, yeah, okay. 
but we just did cocaine in the bathroom, <laughs> you know? Like, that was the appetizer. Like, I think sugar is fine here. I didn't actually do cocaine. I did watch her do it, like a sad-ass episode of Euphoria. But I think, like, generally, I just don't have the vibe of someone who regularly partakes in drug usage, you know? Like, I don't think anyone's that surprised. Um, but, uh, like, the last time I took a weed edible, it just made me get really high and want to file my taxes <laughs> without using TurboTax. You know, I was like, oh, I can do anything. I got pen and paper. Who cares? Apparently the IRS does, so things are great. Um, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I work in an office job, and it's a lot more drama than you would think, right? Like, uh, recently, I got reported to HR. That was fun. Uh, I got reported for saying the word guys in meetings, like, hey, guys. Apparently, the word guys is uh, gendered and exclusionary. And so I'm doing my best now, trying to be more gender neutral and supportive of my colleagues in meetings. So lately, I've been going into meetings and just saying, morning, assholes. <laughs> you know, like, everyone has one. It's very gender neutral. Okay, I've been Denise. Thank you so much. Yay, Denise. All right, your next comedian just showed up. I saw him outside. Clap your hands together for a JD. Yay. Damn, do you have a camera set up? How did you see me? Oh, damn. Okay. I'm glad they, I'm glad they see me. I'm not prepared for this. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's all good. How are you guys doing? You guys having a good good night? Um, I'm having a pretty good year. Yeah, I've been uh been cooking a little bit more. I've been uh using MSG also. So if you guys don't just want to stop Asian hate, you want to spread some Asian love, start cooking with MSG. Shit is delicious. So good. Uh, it turns out MSG just stands for mmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's seen me do that bit like a hundred times. It's, so, it's such a, it's great for my throat. It's, it's, I got a very congested throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fire, right? It's delicious. Every single time I do that bit, like every, all the Asian people in the crowd, crowd are like nodding and all the white people are like, oh, can I laugh? But uh, yeah, I mean, MSG was rumored to like cause cancer, right? And like, I don't know if you know this, but turmeric actually prevents cancer. Right, per but turmeric actually like tastes like cancer. It's so bad, but like MSG like tastes like meat. So I just eat ass now. This is all very confusing, you know. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit of turmeric on it, you know. Pre pregame with some MSG, we're good to go. Yeah, uh, I am Asian, which is it is cool. But uh, I also realized that I don't really think Indian people need to be grateful for like roles in movies anymore in Western movies, because like. They pass this up on Lord of the Rings, and I'm like still a little buttered about that, right? That's like that's like casting mice for Ratatouille. Like, what the? You had the next best thing, right? I don't know. I don't know. Cause like, if you think about it, the story is like a short, hairy Indian man. Oh, sorry, short, hairy man, <laughs> traveling far, and hiding precious gold from the government. Okay, that's straight up my dad's life story. Okay, this is straight plagiarism. Somebody needs to get like, come on, you guys wouldn't have watched like Harold and Kumar escape from Mordor? Come on, man. <laughs> That would have been so nice. You just uh, watch them like travel to Mount Doom, you know, and then struggle to leave Mount Doom because Sauron took their passports. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's way better, right? Lower the migrant workers. All right, moving on. Uh, I uh, I'm not gay. Uh, I know the earrings kind of threw you guys off a little bit, but uh, I think I have a gay uncle. Like, he, he I don't think he he's not out of the closet yet, but like he spends a lot of time in the paint section. 
at fucking Walmart. So there's a few signs there. I don't know. I, I don't know. Very, very fond of the paint. But uh, yeah, I think he's gay, but like I, I, he's not a very sexual person, right? So I was like, I was, I'm kind of confused. But then it hit me, not his dick. It just hit me. <laughs> it hit me like he's like a frail, like conservative Indian man. So I, I would imagine he looks at gay sex a lot like we look at, all us adults look at like ice cream trucks, right? Because like if it like chases you down and like all the kids say it's okay, then every now and then can't hurt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a second. <laughs> I, I try to. I try. Like, the bit's too fast. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm thinking about buying a gun, but you guys are doing a solid job of making me reconsider that. Because uh, are we a Second Amendment crowd? You guys like guns? No. Yeah. Show, yeah. show. Sure, sure. Buying a gun is scary, though, right? I understand why people go to Walmart. It makes it way less real. But uh, do you guys know you can 3D pr print guns now? That's pretty fire. That's pretty cool, right? I think these guns are like great because it's. Great for suicide specifically, like for preventing it, because like it would never happen, right? Because like you'd be like, I want to kill myself. Like I've planned to kill myself, but I can't find the last two screws, so I guess I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah, guns are like IKEA furniture now. That's fine, but I also think this is like how we get like the first Asian school shooter, right? Basically, that's that's the whole reason we got 3D printed guns. I mean, I, I can't think of another reason, right? Like, oh my God, Alex Lee, where did you get that gun? Like, don't worry, I just made it. <laughs> don't I, I brought all like oh fuck that up. I'm smiling too much. Sorry guys. You guys you guys are you guys are a good crowd. I appreciate it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave on that. Thank you. Have a nice night. The mic's a little sweaty, I'm sorry. Your next median just walked in the room, he's super funny. Uh here I'll do one joke just in between. Um why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Ah, put your hands together for your next comedian, John Gallagher. Thank you. I, uh, are you guys familiar with Ann Fong at all? You know who that is? So if you go around the mission over a couple streets, there's a, a billboard for a Vietnamese attorney named oh. Ann Fong. Yeah, something goes wrong, you call Ann Fong. I mean, it's excellent. They're all over my neighborhood, and the other day I was walking around and I, like, uh, I was laughing because... One of the, I don't know how this happened, but somebody in a, in a neighborhood in Oakland uh, put up two Ann Fong billboards directly across the street from each other. <laughs> like Ann Fong is looking directly into a mirror, having like an existential <laughs> crisis, you know, like <laughs> something's wrong. Call Ann Fong, you know. It's like <laughs> who do who does Ann Fong call? It's amazing. It's like that. You ever hear a, a Pagliacci? You ever hear that that saying? You guys know what that is? That's uh, yeah, that's the one about, uh, so it's the saying about the, the man, he's really depressed, he goes to the doctor, right? And the doctor's like, he's like, I'm, I'm depressed, doctor, I'm going to kill myself, what do I do? All these lists, all the shit that's wrong with his life. And the doctor goes, we got to go see the great clown Pagliacci, he's hilarious. He's like, and then the guy cries, he goes, I'm Pagliacci, you know? It's like, that billboard's like that, but with a Vietnamese attorney, you know? It just makes you, makes you really think. What does Anne Fong get up to? I, uh, I saw the Batman, I liked it, it was long, three hours long. Batman, uh, they have to keep making him grittier, right? Like, eventually, because they have to keep making him darker. That's what they do every time. Like, you, you walk in this theater, it's like, this is the darkest one you've ever seen. It's like, Bruce Wayne was fingered this time. You're like, oh, God, what? No. And that's, and that's not what happened. I had a couple comics who were like, thanks for spoiling it. Do you think, you think Batman was fingered to start this PG-13 franchise? I'm not spoiling this movie for you. Yeah, I know. Some people, some people thought that was real. Can you believe that? 
that they thought that Bruce Wayne was molested. He's not in this movie. It's a joke. I was, okay. Anyway, the world keeps turning. Uh, but so anyway, fucking, uh, they have to make all the vil villains easier too, or evil too, because like the Joker, Heath Ledger's was super evil. So they have the Riddler this time. And the Riddler is like just a man that asks annoying questions, you know? He's not that gritty. He's just an annoying person. He has the same power as like a five-year-old. You know what I mean? He's just like, figure this out. You're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Go to prison, you idiot. You're so annoying to me. And that's what he does. And then like, uh, the thing I was laughing about is in this movie, uh, there's a scene. This doesn't, this doesn't ruin anything. Like, There's a scene where the Riddler's in a coffee shop, and the camera zooms into the coffee cup, and you see that the Riddler has drawn little foam art of a question mark, you know? Because you're like, oh my god, this dude's so fucking evil. He learned how to make a question mark in foam? <laughs> how fucking diabolical is this guy? I mean, we've seen psycho killers, but this guy took a Starbucks barista job to kill everyone in Gotham? What a fucking psychotic motherfucker, dude. And you're sitting there, like, all the, I don't know, there's all the things about Starbucks workers like organizing you're like oh that's why that's the real issue right nothing worse than a, a billionaire hating organized labor that's why bruce wayne really doesn't like this guy his coffee job just a little thought had. uh fucking uh i don't know something worth thinking about dude does it blow your mind man what uh fucking i don't have too much other stuff to think about man i just got here in a little rush sorry I uh, I live in I live uh, by a lake and people are like that's cool and I'm like it's in Oakland and they're like oh I'm sorry <laughs> that's good it's Lake Merritt it's beautiful but I was walking past it and this man like on the side of the lake just goes hmm looks like your skateboarding days are over <laughs> I'm like this this day was good and now it's bad <laughs> anyway guys thank you. John Gallagher, everyone. We've got three comics left. They all just walked in the door. Clap your hands together for your next comedian, Kelly Evans. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Put that on record. What's up? You guys uh, do drugs? Everybody have done them? Well, yeah, right? Fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fucking drugs. Yeah. Don't do them. They're bad. I did heroin. Okay, let's start off strong, shall we? Just kidding. It was Oxycontin. It was not as bad. It was... It was bad. It was probably pretty bad. You ever seen Scared Straight? The show Scared Straight, right? Where they, like, try to... Uh, uh, prevent delinquent teens from doing drugs. I could have used that, you know. Like, basically, they take them to a prison uh, to be threatened by uh, grown felons and convicts with thinly veiled threats of butt fucking, you know. <laughs> like, you know, that's what they're talking about. But they're not saying it, but they're saying it. You're like, fucking grab my pocket. I'm like, all right, we know what's happening. Anyway, that's watching that show. Uh, as a kid, that's how I feel as an adult, like, when I see people doing drugs in the tenderloin, because I'm like, maybe I'll do heroin again, and then I see some guy screaming into the abyss, ah! I'm like, I'm good, I'm actually good, I think I'm good on heroin now, I <laughs> think this is the best scared straight program, just moving to San Francisco, has <laughs> done it for me, I was like, fuck, you, you gotta walk everywhere, so you're super up close to it, <laughs> like, in Houston I had to drive, so it was like, I just didn't see it until, you know, I was doing it, and now I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm from Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, which means I have uh, I have city family and I have country family. And my country family, I always shock. It surprises me, like their point of view on things. Like I told my uh, cousin that I got vaccinated, and her response was, "You got vaccinated? Ain't you fancy?" Well, y- yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to respond to that news, you know? She also thinks the fact that I um, uh, know all the dates in the months, you know, like 30, 31, she refers to that as book learning. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. You're fucking dumb. Holy shit. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's serious. It's not as bad. Like, my uncle actually feels like the vaccine, like, is a threat. He is legitimately terrified about it. He's constantly trying to warn me. He was like, when I first got vaccinated, he's like, should have done that, boy. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, vaccine, they're trying to sterilize you, man. You fucking idiot. I'm like, what? Authority. You work at Home Depot. What the fuck? Is it Carl and Lumber? Is that who's cracking the case on mRNA right now? What the fuck are you? You are an idiot. You know what his fucking source was? His authority was a website called uh, wakeupsheeple.com. Was his? <laughs> it was like, it's Alex Jones approved. I'm like, why are we talking at all right now? And, uh, Okay, I lied a little bit. That Actually, I made up that website. I did. That's not the actual name. It was a dumb enough website like that. Um, however, there is a wakeupsheeple.net, though. That is a real website. You should check it out. Uh, anyway, I don't have enough time to do the rest of that joke. So I'm just going to move on. Um, yeah, his, his argument against the vaccine was like, I am healthy. I don't need a vaccine, all right? I have God and exercise to keep me strong. I was like, you get winded going upstairs and you eat 12 pounds of beef a day. So you are not healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? What are those that stand like I that's how we eat in Texas that I didn't realize that was not normal to eat that much meat or food in general until I was like 22. And I was like, wait, you guys don't have to lie in the fetal position after lunch every time you guys don't have to Fucking just be blinded by pain every meal. That's really all right. That's fucking <laughs> you guys do it the way you want to, I guess. Anyway, all right, that's my time. Thank you very much. Friends. Have a great night. Kelly Evans, everyone. We've got two comics left. Don't get comedy pneumonia. Clap your hands together for Jason King. Yeah, give it up for Kelly Evans, everybody. <laughs> give it up for this room. Let's see. Kelly was talking about the vaccine, about people not wanting to take the vaccine. I don't write a joke about this, but I recently read an article about a man who took 90 vaccines. 90. Yeah, this guy needs to stop losing his card. Um, <laughs> if, 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 he, if he's, like, actually legitimately into it, I don't know why you do it now, like, because the vaccine is only, like, like, 37% effective. It's almost like he's in it for the side effects at this point, <laughs> you know? Like, the police dragged him out. He's like, no, I want to be sterile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. What did I want to talk about? I um, I was at a bar recently, and I saw a sign at the bar that said, strictly no elephants. Yeah, which uh, perplexed me quite a lot. Uh, because the word strictly implies that there was a more lenient elephant policy at some point in time. <laughs> like, at some point in the past, you'd walk in with an elephant, and then the guy would be like, Hey, I usually don't do this, but since this is a young adult pachyderm, I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a weak joke. We'll try another one. 
Here we go. I uh, apparently there was an article that came out uh, that said that uh, driving high it is, it has like no negligible change in in like people's safety. Um, I just want to know how they conducted that test. <laughs> you know, like they got a thousand people. They're like, here's some weed. Go drive. <laughs> like, could you imagine if that ended up bad? Right? Like they finished. Like, hey. Uh, Here's a report. Out of a thousand drivers, deaths only amounted to forty-five thousand. <laughs> All right, cool. That one's okay. I um was watching Jerry Springer recently. Um, and I watched this episode, you know, where this woman was yelling, like, Yeah, it's his kid, it's his kid, whatever, you know, like and then all of a sudden, like the dude rolls out and he's in a wheelchair, and I was like, He's probably not the father. <laughs> Right, and then they showed the kid on the screen. The kid was in a wheelchair, and I was like, "Definitely the father." <laughs> you know, unless this lady's like messing with a bunch of dudes in wheelchairs, and then they like test the wheelchair guy. Right, they're like, "You're negative." Right, he starts doing wheelies or whatever, <laughs> and then some guy, <laughs> some guy pulls up in those like next level like uh, crutches. Like, I told you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is that if you say a word enough, it just ends up in the dictionary. So I was reading the Oxford Dictionary today because I was like on a work call and it was very boring. And uh, I saw uh, the word amazeball. Yeah, it even had etymology on it. It was like amazeballs, 21st century word derived from the word amazing and balls. <laughs> Right. Apparently, they they entered amazeballs into the dictionary in 2014, along with mansplaining, catfishing, and titties. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. I think I would think it was a bit delayed. D titties is a bit delayed. I'm just excited for the 2022 words, you know, because then you're gonna see bureaucracy, burglary, and bussin'. I don't know if you know what bussin' is, but the etymology is bussin'. Hey, how's it going, Newman? <laughs> it's going to be bussin', a uh, 21st century word often used to describe food that makes you want to bust your load. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right, that's good enough. I'm peacing out. Have a good day. Jason King! I've never heard the term bustin'. I mean bustin', like bustin' a nut, but bustin', like bu bustin' a nut. I see. Okay. Etymology. Good stuff. Your last comedian of the night. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yeah, let's go, guys. Um, anybody here microdose? Yeah, I, li I like, I know, I, it depends on what I'm microdosing. Like, I love microdosing shrooms, acid, all that good stuff. But I've been microdosing sleep recently, and it's been a lot harder, you know? Microdose sleep today, and now I'm fucking here, so that's cool. Um, I don't know, I, I'm very poor right now. Like, I'm at a point in my life where my answer to the question, do you want fries with that? has the potential to like ruin my credit score yeah um i don't know man i feel like you can tell how bad the economy is based on the age gap between a woman and her boyfriend i feel like that takes a while for people to get i don't know maybe is it a good joke or is it just i don't know um i feel like women should use the period excuse more often you know because like if me and you had periods we would use that like all the time 
Like, Will Smith came out after the Oscars and said, you know what, I just had period cramps. He'd be a hero. I don't have a lot of Indian friends because I like to feel special about myself. Fuck you, Ajayna. <laughs> Not my friend. Um, But me and my token Indian friend, we were talking recently, and he was like, Newman, I want to get in touch with Indian culture and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent. He didn't have before. That was a very new thing. And I don't know, man. It's weird. I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of Indian culture is like playing Mario Kart to be part of Italian culture. Like, that's not, not how that works. And um, I don't know. It, it kind of bugged me that he was talking like that, so I asked him why he was doing that. And he said he was starting a yoga class, and he wanted to seem authentic to white people. And honestly, that's just great marketing right there. Like, if Ajay wasn't here right now, I would be doing an Indian accent right now. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but as an Indian person, Kumar from, like, the Harold and Kumar movies means a lot more to me than Kamala Harris. Like, like fuck the White House. I want to go to White Castle. Right. Yeah, Um. I don't know what else do I want to talk about. I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. You know what I mean? Like, my friend, she got a DUI recently, and her excuse was, I'm just an Aries. <laughs> I was pretty sure an alcoholic. I don't know what sign that is, but it can't, can't be good. I don't know. I feel like we're getting to a point where, like, astrology is going to be used like a legal defense. Like, there are going to be people in court. Like, you know what? My client killed eight people, but Mercury's in retrograde. He's a fire sign. That's just what happens, you know? I feel like Amelia Earhart is the worst feminist. You know what I mean? Like, she said she was going to fly over the Atlantic, and then she just didn't. You know how much ammo that gives me as a guy? Like, every time my girlfriend gets too ambitious. I'm just kidding. I don't have a girlfriend, so. I don't know what else. Um, I was, um, I was watching that show Intervention recently, and there was, a po there was a part in that show where this woman was like, an addiction is technically de technically defined as when you do something so much you can't function normally anymore. It's like, wow, that is a stupid definition. Because babies are sober all the time. They can't function normally. I think an addiction should be described as when you do something so much it becomes the most interesting thing about you. Like, if you're at parties and you're being introduced, like, hey, this is my friend, the ketamine guy, then, yeah, you need help. <laughs> all right, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake! All right, everybody, we did it. That's so great. And it's early enough that I still get to get another set in its slate. So thank you all. Thank you to our two real audience people that have souls. These two guys are not comedians. They're just people. Thank you for being here all night. Uh, and to all the comedians who hung out and, and performed. And Lauren, you're always so amazingly supportive. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for Joke Workshop and tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Titans of Comedy at Atlas around the corner on 20th Street. Uh, bye, yay! It's the bottom room. And the horses wonder who you are.
listening to The Gates of Delirium. This is episode number 25. We're listening to Dead Can Dance. We're listening to Dead Can Dance, a neo-gothic musical enterprise started in the 80s, blending all sorts of disparate musical elements into a lush tapestry. There it is, I get to say that again. A lush tapestry of sound. Once again, we'd like to thank Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has never trousered a man without trousering his soul. Alfred brings truth with every pair of trousers he sells. Alfred will set you on the straight and narrow answer your deepest existential questions. Rely on Alfred for the best in trousers and for the meaning of life.
way that I use you? Do you think I really abused you? On reflection now, it doesn't matter. How, How can, can you say, you I, made say you I made you? Need you need to. Can't say it now. Can you say it now? It's, it's my act of calling. I can't be exactly calling. In ways of life, can never be even.
We are listening to Open Country Joy from Mahavichan Orchestra. The album Birds of Fire, 1974. We're going to continue with Soft Machine. Band Band Caliban. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Thank you. 
Spiegelman, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say Mutiny. Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to LWAFLM YOT. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. I think you skipped an initial. What is the name of our show? L. That's let's or let us. And let us is very important because uh, it's, it adds to your sandwich. It is not important. It's not so. It adds Christmas. Anyway, so it adds Christmas and Christmas to your sandwich. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I want to be the first this year to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, at the bottom of my lunchbox. <laughs> anyway, weren't we starting a podcast about a movie thing or something? Hi, Carl. We are right now streaming first on muniradio.fm, as we do every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Big shout-out to Muni Radio, which you can contribute to them by donating money. Go to mutinyradio.fm, check out their lineup, check out how their live streaming radio works, radio, and then get the comedy. Uh, to donate, hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate at Mutiny Radio. They have a great lineup, great lineup today. Make Sunday a day while listening to Mutiny Radio. Or you can subscribe to our podcast by the correct acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let us watch a flum on YouTube. And also, we're on. we have a YouTube channel as well. This is all video. As well, so you can just subscribe to the YouTube podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're going to watch a full-length movie we found on YouTube, stuff that I read about and I can't find. And uh, Carl's actually mastermind behind the show. You heard his theme song up front. He has a celebrity comedian uh, interview coming up. And he also found the movie, uh, researched this movie, watched it several times. And he, I've never seen it. He's going to go ahead, and we're going to all watch this movie together. Carl, what is the movie this week? Uh, today, we will watch White Coats 2004. That is what you put in the YouTube search engine, White Coats 2004. Now, Mike, unfortunately, the channel we like, Film Rise, there uh -huh. will be an ad. There will be one single ad, and it's not at the beginning. It's really inconvenient for our audience. So when the ad comes, let's not hit the skip button. Let's... Or am I okay, wrong you, about that? People might get different ads. So, so that's the thing. So one thing right now, and I just did it myself for Film Rise, is there's going to be an ad up front. We're going to have a celebrity comedian come on next that Carlos is going to interview. Wait, really Mike, interesting I'm so sorry comedian. to interrupt you. Lots of times the ad comes up very first thing. But in this, it, every time I watched it, it came up a little bit into it. So it's okay. kind of sucky for the audience. So what we're going to do 
when the ad plays, we're all going to do a countdown to hit the skip button together. Okay, so fair enough. We're giving you a double ad warning. Carl just mentioned during the duration of this film, Film Rise is going to pop up an ad. We are going to, uh, when we get it, we're just going to skip ad together, and hopefully we'll all sync up. This is the best we can do. Uh, sometimes they put ads in the middle. I want to mention also that there's an ad up front, two of them. So okay. during the interview, uh, go ahead, listen, but you know, on your YouTube, play the two ads, and then hit pause, and then move it to zero, zero. So we want you to find White Coats, 2004. This is on the Film Rise movie ch uh, channel, channel yeah. which, by the way, they have their own app. You can stream it as well, Film Rise oh. Movies. Yeah, and really uh, play, the, Film. play the double ads, and then finally hit pause, move it to zero, zero. While we all do that, I'm really interested. I haven't heard it yet. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Com Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with... Anthony Crescenza! Welcome hey. How's everything going, Carl? Everything's going great, and I'm very glad that you're on. And really, it's extremely overdue. You're one of my first friends in comedy. I think we got to know each other like 2017, right? Yeah. I, I met you before you even started at the club. Yeah, I, I went to the open mics, and you were hosting them rather than Gene at the time, and I got to know you. You booked me on some stuff. Um, that went away. We'll talk about that. But what I want to do— I don't think do, that had anything to do with you. Just the stuff went away. The stuff well, that well, you're Islands of Spirits right up here by my house, and there was— well, I don't know. We could talk about it. But oh, yeah, yeah. Islands of Spirits, we stopped doing We stopped doing shows over there. I they might want to start doing it again at some point in the near future. I'll let you know if that happens. That sounds great. No, but there, you booked me at a lot of places. I just brought up one of them. Okay. Okay, now, I want to get down and dirty. I want to do some rumor and shit talking right now. You just listen to this podcast. Now, tell the honest truth. Come on, let it out. Why did you give up on Scotty's? Come on, let's hear the dirt. Oh, okay. No problem at all. Your audio went bleep for a second, so I just looked very confused because of that. That's fine. Um, yeah, I have no problems talking about this. I've talked about it before. All right, so the real reason I left Scotty's was I felt undervalued. That's really all it was, as far as I understood, at least. That was the okay. thing. Um, I had an opportunity to... Make my own club. I'd, I'd been there for, what, like eight years? Right. And I had already managed uh, broad. I, I was, I had already managed Broadway Comedy Club a little bit, uh, New York Comedy Club uh, with the old owners, not Empire. And uh, and then we opened up the pulpit in the Bronx. I came back to Scotty's and they just, uh, they were undervaluing me as far as I was concerned. And so when this opportunity showed up, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to run my own club? Like, be the owner of the club. And I'm like, yeah, done. And then I, I informed Gene before mm -hmm. it happened. I wasn't going to be secretive or a jerk. I knew he'd find out. Ironically, second week I had that place open, he booked me for a spot. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I, I wound up working uh, over at Scotty's when I owned Devil's Den. It wasn't like, I was just like, absolutely not. I will never. I was just like. You know, I, I felt that I was uh, I was shortchanging myself. You you turned him down that for that booking. You're saying 
You didn't come back to Scotty's. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Okay, you I did. did. I had uh, I had one I had one MC spot out of a weekend, and I just went, yeah, this is definitely. You know what? I'm gonna do this, but this isn't working for me. Okay. Yeah, and but, but under as far as I mean, they're still they're still running, and uh, my place in Newark currently isn't. So, I mean, <laughs> we're looking for a new spot, but you know, it still worked out in my favor. Yeah, well, that's the ups and downs of being a producer, and I was going to get to that with you. But the thing is, back in the day, pre-pandemic, we had you, Hollywood, Demetrio, myself, and wasn't there a fifth? Or was it just um, okay, before? So, so it was, um, all right, when I came in originally, right. it was uh, Jason, Doug, Rob and Apple. Rob. Right, right. And then, and then when uh, I only came in because Doug wanted to go, and then it wound up being uh, Kevin Kevin Hall came in, and then Hollywood came in, and then I think Kevin left and you came in his place. No, it was Hollywood place Rob Apple. Oh, okay. Because there was a scandal with Rob, like he's playing a club down the street or something and Gene was yeah. kicking him out and, and and Hollywood recommended me and Hollywood doesn't even remember that he recommended me and that was oh, my Oh yeah, I know for fact he recommended you because he asked me about it. Uh-huh. He's like, how do you feel about Carl? I was like, he's in his first year. This is the perfect thing. And he's like, he goes, really? Because he's in his first year? That's what you're saying? I go, honestly, no one should manage the club for more than a year. I'm like, I've been here too long. He's like, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. you should stay. And I was like, no, no, no. And it's no offense to them. I just, I, this is my personal opinion on uh, management, and everybody tells me I'm wrong, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like your your first year do a guest spot, your second year either manage your MC, and then your third do the opposite, and then your fourth year you should be moved up to that feature, and then mm -hmm. if you're not ready to headline that club in like five years. It's not get out of the business. It's just that ain't, that ain't the club for you. You should you right. should have at least yeah. within five years you should be at least one uh, one time a year doing minimum forty five minutes. Now I wanted to move on to you becoming a comedy producer. Uh, yeah. That is really a forte of yours, you know. And and uh, you get the opportunities. You have no problem knocking on doors, making phone calls, going to places, and making a deal and producing comedy shows. So like, not how did you fall into that? Because I think you're just a can do get it done guy. But why did you decide to be a comedy producer? Uh, okay, so two things. A lot of people think that I'm producing a lot more than I am. I work for a lot of people. Uh, actually, by far at this point, most of my gigs are not under Devil's Den Comedy Club, and they're not under Anthony Crescenzo. They're just picking up gigs. Uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm putting in. That's really what it is. I'm always putting in for something. Uh, but what got me into doing production was uh, I thought a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to get myself into places that I couldn't necessarily get uh, right. just by asking. So, I'd, you know, I would find a place and nobody else was doing. Like, like a, a place that was just doing uh, karaoke or bing, uh, bingo or trivia or whatever it right. was. 
Yeah, sometimes I'll do churches. It doesn't really matter to me because my whole idea is I want to get in. And if I can get my friends in with me, then I get to have a good time on the way there, on the way back, you know, while I'm working. It's a fun, it's a fun opportunity. And mm-hmm. making a few bucks always helps. Uh, but that's <laughs> and also you you want to you want to be uh, you want to be the face of your own product. So a lot of it was just like my face on the posters, but not all the posters. A lot of them, it would just say comedy. It wouldn't say or it would say Devil's End Comedy Club. It, or pulpit. It wouldn't say Anthony Crescenzo. It wouldn't have my face. Well, there was a time. Even when Island of Spirits didn't have my face. It had right. my name. I was even the one that put together the poster. Yeah. Sometimes you are the brand, but that is not consistent. And I think you're more interested in the show. Um, you know, getting people to come out to the show. Okay, so. Yeah. Tell me, Anthony Crescenza, how can people find you out there on social media, on a website, or the production company, Devil's Den? How do people see what you're up to out there on the internet? Yeah, the easiest way is online. Devil's Den. Sorry, one more time. I will edit this. Go ahead and tell me, how can people find you out there on the internet? Okay. Uh, the easiest ways are for Devil's Den Comedy Club. Go to devilsdencomedyclub.com or go to the Facebook for Devil's Den or the Instagram for Devil's Den. Um, those are the best ways to find out about Devil's Den Productions. Now, when it comes to Anthony Crescenzo, it's anthonycrescenzo.com, but you'd also be able to find out through uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, and then the event rights are always going. And if you go to Anthony, uh, Anthony Crescenzo, Comedian or AP Crescenzo, I think is what it is. We uh, just released the uh, the special uh, <laughs> ping pong just came out on YouTube today. Uh, ping pong. Yeah, that was at the Devil's End Comedy Club in Newark. It's actually it's it's already streaming and it's doing pretty well. I went to go look at the analytics about an hour ago. Okay, now ping pong is on your YouTube channel and what pinball. is the... pinball? Not ping pong, pin. No, and I actually say ping pong by accident during the special. Oh, all right. Okay, so it's pinball. And what is your YouTube channel? (laughs) What is your YouTube channel? Uh, I believe it's AP Crescenzo. I'll make 100% sure. Is that your middle initial P? Yeah. Crescenzo. Uh, I'll tell you right now exactly what it is. Good. Because people got to know. I know. I'm also going to send you a link to the special. And the trailer for it. You just ping pong that right over to me. Yeah. Let me see exactly what it is. This way I'm not screwing it up. It is. It's AP Crescenzo. AP Crescenzo. Okay, that's the YouTube. Okay, great. Now. Anthony Crescenzo. Everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for, Anthony Crescenzo. So why don't you go ahead and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. This is Anthony Crescenzo. Put your watching movie hat on right now. We're watching this movie in three Two, one, press. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. It's 2006. I said this movie was 2004. Right, 2004. 
TVA films. Oh, it's it says 2006. It's probably because the DVD was released in the United States. Okay. This and is a I foreign guess, film? This is a Canadian film. Now, you know we see lots of movies in which they filmed in Canada because it was cheaper. Not this film. This film is Canadian, <laughs> funded by the Canadian government. Every actor in here is going to be Canadian. Well, that's good. I mean, there's a lot of very funny comedians. So Jim Carrey's going to be on this? Can't wait. <laughs> well, actually, Jim Carrey's not going to be on it, but... Um, a, a guy who we watch in many films that people accur accuse of being um, that, like Jim Carrey is going to be on it. It's David Dave Brewer, who who we know as Max Headroom. Lots Matt of people, Brewer. yeah. Well, oh, Matt Matt Brewer. Yeah. Lots of people say that he's very much like Jim Carrey. I don't know. I think they're right, but. Well, he didn't copy Jim Carrey. He was just always like that as a comedic actor. One of the reasons why this movie pulled me is two reasons. Right now, Dave Thomas is on the screen. He wow. uh, is, of course, one of the McKenzie brothers, SCTV, Grace Under Fire, and he directed this movie, one of his rare movie directs. Yep. And also, Matt Fewer, who you love, because we've seen him in, like, Speed Zone. Yes. And, uh, and other films. National Lampoon's. Senior Trip. Senior Trip. And another woman in here is in Senior Trip. Right. And, and wasn't he the farmer? There was um, another National Lampoon movie like Going the Distance, I think it was called. That's right. That and was Canadian was too. farmer in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So with Dan Aykroyd, Canadian. That's one of them, right? Yes, absolutely. No, everyone you're seeing right now on this screen, they're all Canadian. She is yeah, Canadian. He is Canadian. Weird. So I'm glad I have he's, subtitles up so I can understand this. He's a Canuck and she's a Kudchick. Dave Foley? Canadian. Yes. Is Dave Foley good in this movie or is he embarrassing? We saw him in Postal. That's the only reason why I'm asking. He's good in this film. He's good in this film. Okay, turn it up for a minute because you get a funny joke. She, because he gets the diagnosis and walks. Here it is. Very good, Miss Powers. Moving on. Isn't anybody going to pressure test my whatever? <laughs> All right, burn victim, second degree. That was the joke. I need a Carl, I hate, uh, someone said something insulting to the guy. I'm kidding. It was a burn victim. He didn't have a response. Uh, I'm not following you, Mike, but I want you to know this movie is very bad, and it's very unfunny. And every now and again, I'll tell you to turn up the sound because a funny thing's coming. It's going to give the audience impression this is a good movie. It is not. There's so we, many unfunny bits. I think Ian Thomas, who did the music, is Dave Thomas's brother because I know that his brother was involved. I don't remember if it was Ian, but he was a musician. Is a musician. Way to get work, right? Well, no, you just you know you got to rely on somebody. Listen, I got to get the music down while I direct this film. I'll get my brother in. Done. Well, I appreciate that. Many of the theme songs that you hear on this show, my son helped me. Uh, record and played instruments and sang on. So, yeah, right. I get it. 
It's less nepotism and more you're in the room. I need this dud. So we just met our love interest, okay? And you see, this film is poor, and one of the reasons it's poor is it has so many different tones. Like, when you first start watching it, you think it ought to be a National Lampoon with all of its, like, uh, outrageous... How many medical uh, uh, work comedies have we seen, especially under the National Lampoon band? I mean, the first one I think is Robo Doc. Was that a National Lampoon? Because that's yes. a good example. And that was Canadian. That had Alan, Alan Thicke in it. Uh huh. Yeah, it did. Right. That was the movie we watched that had Michael Winslow, and he did not do one sound effect. Oh, there's my Barbie. Boing. Now, when I first started watching this thing without any research, I saw Dave Thomas at the beginning, and I thought of that movie, RoboCop. I was like, oh, here's his cameo, and then he's walking away. Dan Aykroyd's in this film. Let's see how low these guys' careers have sunk. But no, not at all. Dave Thomas made this movie. He's proud of this movie. He toured Canada promoting this movie. Wow. Unfortunately, it was a box office failure. It seems like a good product. I mean, it no, has comedy. No. no? No, Mike. It is not I know good. this. I know this for a fact, Carl. I love Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, not only uh, – he wrote a book, like a big coffee table book, and I had to leave it when I moved to San Francisco. I left it on the sidewalk, SCTV. Aww. And it just broke down. It was an oral – he just talked about the background and the history of the show and, and mm -hmm. how they all met and beforehand. Like they were making fun of NBC executives. You know how they would parody and, and dress up and satirize yeah. current. One guy, Dave Thomas, did was this red-haired lumberjack was a parody of the NBC executive that was meddling in their show. During... Oh. <laughs> so I mean, it was funny stuff. So I really like this guy. And uh, sometimes when they direct, like Eugene Levy directed a film with Belzer, and it was really bad, and you don't hear about it much. But it's so when they hear they directed a movie, I want to see it. He co-directed with Rick Moranis, Strange Brew, the greatest film yes. ever. Yeah. It is a great film. No, Dave Thomas is a very talented individual. He is hilarious. He makes you laugh. This movie is a misfire. And the only Where's guy the who Barbie doesn't doll? is Dave can Thomas. I, can I get my Barbie doll back at least? <laughs> That's a good example, like... You see the Barbie doll up his ass and like, oh, I know this comedy. But then it's going to go on to do serious medical drama. It's going to go on to do love interest story. It's going to do disgusting like poop things and human organ things, really gross things. The tone of this film is all over the place. Which is crazy because it's really drab and pedestrian. It's just corridors. I mean, granted, it's a medical hospital where... They make fun of, well, you know, not fun, but they're, they're all props, these guys. Well, Just we're not the listening to any of it. I mean, you're seeing the visual of corridors, but I mean, there's lots of jokes going on. But it's, yeah, but it's not, there's no pop to it. I mean, I, I watched a couple minutes of this, I grant you. Oh, here we go. Sorry that you feel not to hand over this. That's your decision. Dan Eckford's always the same guy. He's always that guy. But he stopped. You know, he only shows up at cameos. Like the fact that he has a credit in this 
means that it's an extended roll. It's great. Yes, we saw is. him in 99. Look at those plugs. Got something to plug his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? No, I already plugged it. Yep, plugged away. No, but I'm saying Dan Aykroyd always has the same canter, same tone. He, he, sure, he's doing a different character, but he's reading it in the exact same way every single time. I mean, he sounds like... Do you like find that funny? Do you, do yeah. you find him... Do you, yeah. So, Dr. Detroit, you thought that was funny? No. No. Uh, <clears throat> nothing but trouble? No. Uh, spies like us? No. Uh... Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. I mean, trading places. He was very funny in that. Neighbors, he he had a. They switched the roles. He was the evil one, and Belushi was the milk toast. <laughs> I loved him in Neighbors. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, man. Okay, turn up the time. sound. Oh, you're joke! Hear, All right, this. You're, you're going to hear the speaker go. Mike Hunt to OBGYN. Mike Hunt. To... Can't hear it over the music. Yeah, I know. So the thing is, when I heard that Mike Hunt to OBGYN, I started thinking maybe every time I hear that lady, it's something funny, but it's inaudible. You can hardly oh. hear it. Is that radar from MASH? So what just happened is she gave him a BJ. Okay, that's what just happened, and that sets us up for our next bit. Uh-oh. Did she swallow? No offense. She certainly did. I can't believe I missed it. Ew, wash your hands. Gargle and mouthwash. So, um... This guy is sort of like our star. His name is Pat Kelly, and he's playing a guy named Dale Dodd. He's totally Canadian, all about Canadian. And she he's a big com comedic partner with another person in this uh, film. He didn't have that great a career, but um, but he did have a nice career. The, the teacher? No, the star. The star. Now, this is um, Dr. Toussaint. Okay, and he goes by Tony, and we've seen him before in Meatballs 3. Oh, cool. Was he an angel or a terrestrial human? He was a... Um, motorcycle gang? Right. He was the motorcycle gang guy, and it was pretty funny. Uh, and he's funny in this one, too. Now, when I started reading his credits, um, it was uh, he was in War Games, and I realized he was the guy who was like, Mr. Potato Head, you know? Yeah, right. So I immediately I text Eddie Deason, like, is there any funny, you know, anecdotal story about him? So he goes, his name is Maury Shaken, uh, and he passed away. He's totally Canadian. He says, Maury was a great guy to work with in war games. A bit, the bit in our scenes where Maury says, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, Maury wrote that himself. He showed it to me the morning of the shoot, and I loved it immediately. And to this day, I have people call me Mr. Potato Head. He actually, another person, Marty Bratt, actually deleted our scene, but then Marty got fired because the studio didn't like his dailies. But when John, Bad John Badham took over, our scene was one of the only scenes he insisted be kept in the film because of Mr. Potato Head. I had no idea. 
Oh, that's cool. All right, that's yeah. Eddie Deason. Oh, that's cool, Carl. Yeah, Eddie I didn't realize probably, that. Yeah. He will probably do another podcast. I've texted with him, and he's like, talk to my agent, but he'll do it. So. Right. All right. All right, the good old microscope. Are they going to cut to the way no, he's turn it up. Least... Turn it up. Oh. What a doing in your mouth? Oh, it's what a mystery. Oh, that's the callback. Ew, ew. Oh, just I just want to confirm. That is very strange. I'm looking. So everyone. <laughs> it's funny, right? What's this thing? Like, I watched this movie a couple minutes because I was like, I love Dave Thomas. I didn't know he made another movie. Uh, he was he directed this film. It just seems pedestrian. Like there's no like they just did the grossest thing ever and it doesn't rise. Like the music weighs it down, this the set weighs it down. It's just oh, not a good film. And it's very unfunny many times. Now you consider Dave Foley artist. She's bumping into David Foley and she's like, That's Dr. Whiteside, the heart surgeon, just like I wanna be. Like, you know, how do I look? And he's introducing himself to her, and he's just being a pompous ass. Yeah, let's hear. That sounds like my doctor. You know my doctor, Carl? Dr. Vinnie Booba? <laughs> yeah. Where... where... Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> My mom would always do a, he, always do a joke like that, like you know. Uh, and then he he had a special where Andy Kaufman played his doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, look at all that food, Carl. Yeah, lots of it. Do you like cafeteria food at the hospital? Um. Only when there's no other food and you're like, I'm starving and dad's not dead yet. <laughs> That's the greatest part about eating at the hospital is that your mind's on something else. It really <laughs> doesn't matter what you're eating. You know, you'll be like, well, I can eat my worries away. I'll take two, please. <laughs> or I, I need something just to pick on while I stare out in space. The only people who actually eat the meals are probably the, those guys, the doctors and stuff. There's no patients in there anyway. I have no patience for this movie. <laughs> the only patients you'll see are, no, you'll see many patients. What am I talking about? Now, turn it up. This is a very unfunny thing. Okay, it keeps coming on. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. That was the last line. He had the last laugh. <laughs> 
Now, this is actually funny. She's like, are you sexually active? And she goes, no. She goes, no, I'm, I'm, I just lay there. And then he's like, you're pregnant. Do you know who the father is? And she goes, no, who? Oh, that's there's good. funny stuff in this, but there's also lots of unfunny things. So much so that it's not a good movie. I was half expecting like a musical. This music is like predominant. Like I still have the hook from the last comedy bit. Well, that bass was like slap. Oh, gross. This is why you should eat afterwards. Now, in this scene, like they're telling him, you got to watch the EKG. And he's like, don't tell me, intern. And then the guy dies, you know. Gotcha. This was shot before COVID, I take it. Because no one's wearing masks. Well, Mike, I wanted to bring that up. Nobody wears a surgical mask during surgery. It's crazy. Now, is this Canadian healthcare at its finest, Carl? You want to get on your soapbox about Canadian healthcare? I oh, birds my gullet. What is what's they have universal health care? That's good. Yeah, they need except no surgery, uh, no masks during surgery. Uh oh, late for surgery. Right, he's supposed to be assisting as an intern, and he's not. Huh. It's very hard for me to watch because that's my father. On the operating table. On the table. How to sue. How to sue Dave Thomas. Now, a lot of people may not recognize Dave Thomas, the actor. When they hear Dave Thomas, they what think they... Wendy's hamburger. Oh, okay. Because he was, what, the owner? At least spokesperson for, for decades? Television spokesperson? He was the owner, and his daughter was not a spokesperson, but the, the um, logo. Right. He had a lot of charity events. I actually went into a, a Wendy's maybe 30 years ago, and uh -huh. I got a free paperback written by Dave Thomas about the importance of family. And his he does a lot of work with adoptions and stuff like that. It did. Had like a foundation. Uh, I don't know. But Just isn't give he a, shout like out. a right wing uh, villain? Was he? I don't I know the story if he wrong. was estranged from his daughter, like him and his daughter didn't talk or something. I don't know the story of when Dave Thomas of Wendy's. I just <laughs> think he's like super conservative and, and, and the left likes to not like him. I think. I think the left didn't like the baked potatoes. They were dry, you know. No, you know, actually the baked potatoes are the best thing in Wendy's. I like the chili. Yeah. Baconators, eight strips of bacon. Wow. Holy, holy bacon. No, let's go. Let's go. Oh, is the guy dead? Yeah, the guy's way dead. And we saw him trying to get, like, his heart shocked back to life. And it wasn't successful. And we got the dumb joke that um, Mike Bonnart, who's a doctor, a doctor's kid, that guy, uh, was getting shocked at the same time, you know, because the thing was touching him. So now our meanie Dave uh, Dave Foley has sent him down, this intern person, to tell the family that uh, the, their dad is dead. He's still working on the dad. 
No, he dropped inside like some sort of clamp or something. He's trying to get it back and the heart will start beating. He'll come back to life, which is inexplicable. Well, wait a minute. What about the clamp? Did he at least get it back? No, he doesn't get the clamp back. Clamp back. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, yeah, that's good about the life. So he doesn't get paid for this as an intern? He saved this guy's life. Well, I think you pay for college, and this is part of college, right? Okay. But at least, you know, the guy could Venmo him some money. Thanks for, for, you know, putting the comments, saving my life. 50 Canadian dollars. <laughs> now, um, he sends him downstairs to stop that nerdy kid from telling the family that the dad is dead. But meanwhile... Um, the nerdy kid, who's Mike Bonnert in our film, he is downstairs telling the wrong family that their dad is dead. Oh my god. Alright, here we go. Well, that's pretty funny. That's National Lampoonie. Uh, on no, let's, hear, let's hear the music. It's music like do, 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 wah, wah. Do, 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 wah, wah. What a good guess you had, right? The violins. I, I don't know why my credits of Matt Brewer are not here. I mean, I printed the document. We all know. We've talked about Matt, uh, Matt Brewer a lot on this, on this show. He yes, was, of course. And I think he is an underserved, like his career was not as good as it should have been. That guy is a funny, funny, funny fucker. And he just didn't get, you would think with Max Headroom, he would go on to do, no, he, he ended up being a Star Trek connection in our bad movie podcast. And he's all over YouTube, right? He got the wrong roles at the wrong times. This guy was, is really funny. He should have been a big star. I would argue that he handled that whole Max Headroom phenomenon during the 80s pretty well. The uh -huh. fact that he was, it was originally, what, a BBC show, uh, then it was an ABC show, but it was also spokesperson for a global campaign by Coca-Cola. And he had, you know, then after the narrative television show ended, he had like an interview show. Uh-huh. And uh sang a song with Art of Noise, Paranormia. And then uh so that's that character, you know, like some people can just live off of that and done or just, you know, have it hang I and found he, him. he had his own sitcom. Remember Doctor Doctor, that horrible show? That lasted years. Um He did have his own sitcom, Doctor Doctor. I found him now. I just I had buried him in my notes here. Max Headroom right. in 85, an 87 television series of the same name. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, he's not even on, on the screen, and we're talking about him. Uh, Mike Stratford and Dr. Doctor from 89 to 91. That's not uh, bad. That's a good run. Wait, I don't understand. I said that he should have been a bigger star, and you're saying he was a bigger star? I mean, he 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 was a lead in a sitcom. He he's a character actor. I, mean, I remember him in Watchmen, two thousand nine, five uh, years from now. 
So he's our Star Trek connection. He was in an episode called A Matter of Time, and I enjoy it. Enjoyed it. We saw him. Yeah, we already talked about it. National Lampoon senior trip as Principal Todd Moss, and he was in Going the Distance. Going the Distance. But you mentioned he was in one of the um, Speed Zone. I, I Cannibal yeah, I Run sequels. Yeah. Oh, the families are revolting, right? They smell. Yes. They've been sitting there for a long time. Well, he went to two wrong families, and then Dr. Foley came into the correct family and said, your, your dad's going to be fine. So they, they're up in arms. Thank God that bit's over. Is the music changing so violent? Ooh, no music. Doesn't it sound better without the music? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. That's another argument about the tone of this film. It's all over the place. So this is like a procedural now, like it's a medical show. Well, now we're learning that they have no professors today. They have to go and pretend like they're real doctors and help patients because they're short-staffed. You see, Dave Thomas made a big deal. I, I read an interview about him with him about this film, and I saw a video, which was an interview with him promoting this film. He went across Canada trying to make this film something. And right. in all of it, he says that this is an indictment of the Canadian medical system. He was saying, like, roads, bridges, highways. They're all 19... Roads, bridges, highways, hospitals. Like, he starts talking about, like, this 1950s model for things and and how it just doesn't apply to today and it hasn't been updated. So this is his statement about how hospitals are falling apart. Oh, it's love interest. Sweet. So, you know, not that these guys aren't interchangeable, but they, did they get a blowjob today? That blowjob couple? Yeah, that is not blowjob couple, but the guy on the left got the blowjob. Now, gotcha. that is Pat Kelly in real life. He's Dale Dodd, and he's the womanizer. Dale Dodd. And, right, and he is good comedic partners with Peter Oldring, who is the guy who went and told the wrong family their dad was dead, okay? So gotcha. He is a like trying to be a womanizer. He came on to the head nurse. He got a BJ from Mitzi. And now he's starting to have a serious relationship with this one. So the thing is, what are you telling me about this guy? Like, is he the womanizer or is he the serious boyfriend? And the film doesn't do any character arc with him. Like, he's the womanizer, but now because of his love for her, he's becoming the serious boyfriend. There's none Which of is that. what we would expect. That's a great point, because that's what would happen, because we just watched him dilly-dally in the, in the aisles. I, for some reason, I feel like they're going to be selling me something. Like, it has well, a quality of a good commercial. There really is no plot to this film. Rather, there's comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit. And then some of the characters have mini subplots. So this is like, there's not like a day in the life or like at the end of the day, the hospital has to close and they're racing for something. Well, uh, at the end of the film, uh, as, okay, getting us into act three, uh, the three doctor interns, the three male interns, 
get into a lot of trouble and they're going to get kicked out. But then there was like a bus crash and all these people filled the ER and it was them who like saved the day. One of the people they saved was a billionaire. And so he donates to the hospital a quadrillion dollars and then they're not kicked out because they saved the day. But that's as far as we go for plot, you know. Canadian billionaire. I created ketchup uh, potato chips. Right. In Canadian money, he is a billionaire. In American money, he's a high millionaire. High millionaire. Billionaire, as McDonald's would say. So now, like, they're going to have to deliver a baby. And remember, they're just students. Although they've been all the way through med school, this is their the final period on the end of a sentence for a doctor to be... No, now you're out in the real world, but with real patients. And so what we're learning is, like, this is their first time being real doctors, and they got to go all the way and be real doctors. Nope. And nobody wears just... surgical masks. I have a bad movie beef, and this is what it, this scene is exactly it. Uh-huh. Is that if you're going to do, like, a child being born comedy bit, do it at the end of the movie. How can you top that? How can you top giving birth? You can do another hour of show? Like, that should be the finale. Oh, I, yeah. You know, Freddie got fingered whether you love it or hate it. He's delivering <laughs> babies 20 minutes into that movie. Probably why I hate that film, honestly. But that's just well, like... Well, we'll never see the baby born. It's ridiculous. just a comedic bit. There's no payoff? I'm like, of course we want to see the baby born. Just pay, move on. Have the baby with a cigar and a little hat saying, I did it, you know? Okay, so his mom will come in, because she's a a gynecologist, and she will, like, save the woman's life. And then Peter will be mad. You, is it intern mom's visit day? And (laughs) Not that the kid's okay. It's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry I made you watch this three times, two times. (laughs) This is my yeah. fourth time, yes. Brutal. <clears throat> they're they're having cutesy cutesy love things. There's like somebody thinks that the bed that four people died in in a row is haunted, and I don't know. It's not good. He's under oh, there. There's the mom. At, right now, in real life. Oh no, I'm not. You're here. I see you. Come there and do your job. Mr. Barnard and I are perfect. Okay, there we go. It's the music. I can't listen In to. In real life, she is. Her name's Sue Huff, and she's a politician. Politician from Alberta, Canada. She was the acting leader of the Alberta Party from November 23rd, 2010, to May 2011, and she served as a public school trustee from Edmonton. Which is where this is filmed. So now How this is, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe because this is government finance, she's in the film. I don't know. But the thing is, this is 2004 before she became a 